You're listening to the Longbox Crusade Podcast, Episode 40, featuring X-Men The Hidden Years, number one, cover dated December 1999. to the 40th episode of the Long Box Crusade. I am your host, Jason, a.k.a. the Weasel Skull. The Long Box Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover month and year, is chosen, and then an issue is selected from one of the Long Box Crusade crew members' comic collection. Each episode, we will summarize, review, and reminisce about the issue, ads, and events of that time period. So let me introduce the crew for you today, and we're going to start, as we always should, with the founder, Pat, DJ Cristados Samson. How are you today, Cristados? Well, thank you, Jason. I am doing well, and I am happy to be here on the 40th. Woo! 40. 40 for the Longbox Crusade. Can you believe it? The original, the OG. Doesn't episode. look a day over 39, does it? Mm-mm, not at all. I remember when I was just a wee lad and I wanted to do a long box crusade and man, how it has grown. It has indeed. Well, speaking of growing, let's go over to Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist. See that segue there has nothing to do with anything, but my brother from my actual mother, how are you, Jared? Or we should say death row. Good. I don't even have a crusade for 10 words or less, so... Oh, were we supposed to do that? <laughs> Are we doing Crusades 10 words or less? It's a long box crusade. It? All right. Let me well, see. I got nothing. <laughs> There's a script. There's a script uh, that Jason's using. It's it's later in the script after the introductions. No, yeah. no, no. We we changed it a while ago where we as we introduce ourselves, we do our crusade. Oh well, I'm going back on mute. <laughs> um, I got nothing. Delvin, welcome to the show. All right. <laughs> Well, yeah, I thought we did it after the intro too, Delvin, but apparently not. Let's go over to you, Delvin, the Dark Web Williams. How are you today, Delvin? I'm good, and uh, I slept all day. That's my crusade. I had a, <laughs> had a sleepover. <laughs> crusade, was, crusade was to wake up. I was tired, man. I don't know why, so you know, just went with that. We'll go crusadeless then today. I'll I'll make it get the rounds. Well, we invite you to be a part of the show by submitting your comments and memories, which will be featured on a future show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcast feed or on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Longbox Crusade. And you can always leave a voicemail at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. 
Thank you. We hope you come along with us on this crusade to read them all. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue review, let's take a quick podcast promo break and we will be right back. hundred thousand words five thousand individual entries four hundred fifty three pages two hundred seventy one stories covered eighty original illustrations it all adds up to one book the James Bond lexicon the unofficial guide to the worlds of James Bond in movies, novels, TV, and comics by Alan J. Porter and Jillian J. Porter. Now available from White Rocket Books and via your favorite online bookstore. For more information, visit the companion website at jamesbondlexicon.online or follow us on Twitter at bondlexicon. Welcome back from the break. Today's adventure from the long box is X-Men Hidden Years number one, cover dated December 1999. As always, the credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World. The comic title is X-Men Hidden Years number one, publisher Marvel. Cover date was December of 1999. Its on sale date was October 13th, 1999. Cover price was three fifty. And the editor was Jason Liebig. Writer-penciler was John Byrne. Inker was Tom Palmer. And the colorist was Gregory A. Wright. Cover credits, the artist, John Byrne. We've heard of him. Jared, why don't you uh, take it over here and tell us a little bit about the cover. All right, I will. The Marvel Comics group logo is blue with yellow highlights. And the corner box informs us that this is a collector's item first issue. The X-Men, the Hidden Years logo, is very in the mold of the famous X-Men logo. It's yellow with red highlights. It's got a little bit of blue in it if you look close enough. The main action is a very classic, original X-Men team leaping into battle. You got Cyclops kind of in the center. And surrounding him going clockwise starting at noon is Angel, Beast, Marvel Girl, Iceman, and Professor X in a purple haze. He mentally looms over the proceedings. A cover blurb proclaims... Brand new adventures with Marvel's premier mutant team. Thank you, Jared. So let's go around the horn and see what the folks thought of the cover. We'll go ahead and start with Delvin. Delvin, what do you think of this cover? It's okay. I instantly recognize Byrne's style from now. And it's interesting. It's not like the man isn't a talented artist. Was was this inked by someone or was this done completely by John Byrne, too? Because th- this was the point at John Byrne's career where, like, on a book, John Byrne just did everything because it was a John Byrne production. Yeah. According Drawn to Mike's. And penciled and inked and lettered and colored by John Byrne. According what to do you Mike's. Mean it needs to come out of once a month. Yeah. According to Mike's Amazing World, it was just John himself. Yeah. You can tell it's different than, you know, from when his longtime inker, Terry Austin. And it's not bad. It's John Byrne. But. I've seen it better and like maybe with an anchor, anchor could have thrown a little bit more of a background on it, especially from that first issue, like Professor X himself is the background, but it's not a bad cover. I'll pass it to Pat. I kind of like this cover. Um, I like the X-Men logo. It's got that animated X-Men kind of feel to it. 
that logo that they have there and then the, the hidden years underneath it. I am really digging that. But like Delvin 2, you can definitely see that it's Burns drawing on here. And since we're kind of towards the end of, well, we've been kind of towards the end of Burn, where we're at on uh, Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles with the X-Men that is the second story that we go through, I kind of like it. I, I miss it a lot, too. Just Burns drawing uh, is, is really good. So it was neat to see him draw these characters, but in their older outfits. And Jared, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's, I mean, Burn drawing the X-Men. I, I would have thought, like Delvin alluded to, a little more fanfare on a collector's item first issue, <laughs> as it said. Uh, but it's not bad. I mean, because it's burn. The thing that really kind of caught my eye is Professor X and Iceman. And we've definitely moved into the computer age of making comics because I don't know that they're inked actually traditionally because they don't have any. There's no black in, in them. It's it's all color work. So I don't know if maybe he did pencils and they were able to, you know, put that in a computer and then change the color of the pencils to match the purple or the blue that they wanted, or maybe he did ink it and then they used the digital color to swap it, but it's, we're in that era now. So those characters aren't actually inked traditionally. So that's what caught my interest in the cover overall. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's, you know, if you want to see Byrne drawing the old X-Men, here you go. Well, thanks fellas. Yeah. I largely agree with what everybody said. I think it's a good cover. I mean, it tells you, you're going to see the classic crew. Uh, you're going to see John Byrne. And it's a collector's item first issue, so you need to get it because it's going to be worth a lot of money, right? Right? It's not going to be worth a lot of money. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you. And we'll get into a quick synopsis here of the interior with the story. titled Once More Savage Land. Our story opens with the original team of X-Men, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, and Beast squaring off against the Hulk in order to recover a MacGuffin needed to bring Professor X out of a coma. The team is successful, and a recovering Professor Xavier awakens and immediately begins a psychic download to learn about what he's missed since he's been out of action. Originally pleased with the performance of his students, Xavier becomes angry when he learns that although the team recently defeated their arch-foe Magneto in the Savage Land, they failed to confirm their adversary's death. With a fine of 20 demerits, Xavier dispatches the team to the land that time forgot to recover Magneto's body. Iceman, who is beyond angry at the recent deceptive machinations of his professor, has had enough and quits the team. 
The X-Men arrive violently into the Savage Land as the fierce atmospheric conditions nearly rend their jet apart and they crash land into the jungle. Saving her teammates with a psychic shield, Jean is wounded and comatose after the crash. The Shaken team is suddenly attacked and rendered unconscious by an unfamiliar tribe. They recover to talk with the chieftain, who tells them the shocking news that Marvel Girl is dead. So what did you folks think about the story? And we'll start with Delvin again. It's like Jason has this mental link with me, where it's like, you should call on someone else first. And he's like, Delvin! And I'm like, damn it! <laughs> I, I tell, oh, you know, since I mean, we're talking OG Longbox Crusade and, and, and memories and things like this, I am reminded that when I started collecting comic books back in holy Hannah mid 80s, and then you know, came uh, and and that was Transformers, and then it, Evolved into Amazing Spider-Man and then eventually X-Men. I want to say Jaromita Jr. may have been the first X-Men that I started co- collecting, coincidentally enough, uh, since he's on Amazing Spider-Man Chronicles. But uh, you notice that I have not mentioned the name John Byrne. And so John Byrne was like, this was right around the time that I started knowing John Byrne. And like, and so I was still going to comic book shops and then people were like, yeah, and it's John Byrne. And he drew the X-Men and he used to draw the X-Men so awesome. And I mean, one, they were right. And two, sometimes you can't go home again. And that's where I was when I was looking at this, because like between this and between Spider-Man chapter one, it's like John Byrne went and pitched. was like, hey, hey. What if I completely retread things that we have already done before <laughs> and we come out with a book? And so, like, the first half of this book, it was like, oh, boy, this is stuff that already happened. And then it led to a Professor X, which was kind of unlikable, and a lot of hokey dialogue where John Byrne desperately could have used an editor. It, it was one of those, like, you know, you got two teenagers fighting and he was like, Okay, Mr. Such and Such. And it's like, nobody, nobody talks like that. I don't know. Let's shift to more positivity. I know some, one of the guys between joking on the, uh oh, there's giving me a look. Pat, Pat is going to have more positivity. I'm going to give it to positive, peppy Pat, and he's going to provide the positivity for this podcast. Well, thank you, Delvin. I am glad you asked. I'm going to pep it up a little bit. Let's step it up and pep it up. You know what I mean? That's how I roll here. And the LBC crew, the OG original. I like to be peppy. This story was interesting to me. And Delvin said that, you know, there was some of the background. And it took me a little bit to just understand that this is happening right after, what did he say, like, uh, when they stopped doing the normal X-Men. And they were just doing repeats uh, until the all-new X-Men came out. And so it was interesting to see how John Byrne has changed since then a little bit. I really like the art in it because you can definitely see his style changing from that time period when he originally did it and his layouts. I was really watching the layouts on here and just how he would kind of present certain things to help either emphasize the story or or make it more dramatic, things like that. I found that it's okay. I want to know what happens. I kind of do really want to follow what's happening in those years, those gap years. 
And here's a perfect opportunity for somebody to just kind of step in and put some stories together that could be maybe even some foretelling of, of things to come down the road or, or maybe not even not just so you have that little bubble of time that you really can do whatever you want with these characters as long as you get them back to that one point where all new X-Men comes out. And and with this updated art that's in there, I, I like that. I, I can see where it was going. I don't know how many issues this went. 22. Jason, 22? Wow. 22 issues for this. Interesting. Did it do 22? It did. Yeah. I looked are you, it up are you on my leg? Dove said the book didn't have any value. I looked it up on eBay and I just happened to see someone said it. Full run of 22 issues. Oh, okay. Which sold for about 60 bucks. Oh, well, not bad. But issue one by itself, oh, you're lucky if you get 99 cents for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, we're not here to do the eBay review. <laughs> but yeah, that's how I do it at 22. Oh, okay. No, I, I just wanted to make sure, you know, do I trust Jared when he blurts out a number? <laughs> <laughs> I've learned my lesson a few times, you know. I have the full run, so I knew it went 22 issues. Oh, before. okay. Well, I'd be interested in, in learning more about Jason's this. sitting on $60, right? Yeah. <laughs> 60 bucks. High roller. He's a high roller. They're all bagged and boarded. Hey, I, I told you it was a collector's item. It's your fault if you didn't pick it up. You know? <laughs> That's the thing, too, with these is that, you know, you had the big collector's item, you know, the 90s, 80s, you know, late 80s, early 90s. You got the, everything's a collector's item. Every first issue is a collector's item. Now they're first issues left and right. You get a first issue. You get a first issue. Everybody gets a first issue. Doesn't mean anything anymore. But, you know, to me at heart, it does. Because here's a good place for someone that doesn't know the X-Men, a good starting on point that they could kind of jump in. Um, I think it did a good job at that to kind of get them in off the ground and get a start to where things are going forward. I probably said too much and was too peppy, so. I think we could use all the all the pep we could get because I'm about to have to pass it over to my brother. And I'm worried. <laughs> I'm worried because... Number one, it's X-Men. Number two, it was a little bit longer of an issue. But there were no mind fights. And with it not being written by Chris Claremont, I think some of the Chris Claremont single issues probably read a little slower and longer than this one did. Well, Jason's right. There was a lot of highs and lows on this from the story. Because like when I opened it up and I saw it was 40 pages, I was like, no! And I thought it was Claremont, but then I saw it was Byrne, and so it did read a little crisper. So it was kind of a roller coaster of emotions because, you know, Byrne writes more crisp than Claremont does. So that was good. And in the 40 pages went by pretty quick. I wasn't big on like the, the history lesson in the first, I don't know, 15 or whatever pages it was. This was, was a double sized issue. I was just like, I was like, this is very Claremontian. In fact, it wasn't until I got through that that I, I flipped back to see who the writer was because I thought this is actually concise history for Claremont. And that's when I realized it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't <who> we wrote <laughs> it. But yeah, I was like, I don't, why did we need all of that? It would have been a lot better if Byrne had kind of just jumped in with, you know, hey, this is the point where Professor X is back from his fake death. And he's upset with the team because, you know, they didn't check the body and make sure Magneto was dead. So my my mission is to go verify that this dude is dead. And I like that. Like, that's a pretty straightforward superhero mission. You get the X-Men, you get them going to Savage Land. And spoiler alert, though, I think it was the last panel of the book. They had Magneto's there. And it was the ghost of Magneto. And I was like, oh, Ooh. hell yes. <laughs> Somewhere Hammerhead's going, dang, gummit now. I know, second, right? <laughs> second famous ghost. So there was a lot to like in it. The only thing that I was really just like, why was the big history lesson at the beginning again? 
And I guess maybe Byrne, maybe they straight up told him he was going to get 22 issues. Maybe they were like, hey, dude, we'll give you like a dozen, maybe up to 22. So he wanted to lay a lot of the groundwork so that he could just press as fast as he could with the rest of it. Maybe that's it. But wasn't big on the history lesson. But once the story got going, I liked the mission. But circling all the way back to what Delvin had mentioned, too, man, Professor X is just so unlikable in this he is like a turd and they even kind of hinted at like maybe something's wrong with him you know but either way i i'm <laughs> I, I don't know about the emotional intelligence of bobby drake and his well you know i'm taking my ball and going home kind of attitude he's got to be a little petulant but i understand too he's like i'm tired of being jerked around by this guy like oh he fakes his death you know we like we all go through emotions we have funeral and and surprise i was just testing you no <laughs> you know yeah Exactly. So I think Bobby could have handled it a little more maturely. But again, this is throwback. So I guess Bobby's probably uh, in his late teens, maybe at this point. And not even probably like yeah. 14, 15. He was always portrayed as the youngest of the. Ah, so, OK, so his his lack of emotional ability kind of fits character. So anyway, yeah, that's it as far as story goes, because I remember that Longbox Crusade, we have a whole other round for art. So I'm not bringing it up in the story round. Pat. Oh, I'm sorry. We do these long box crusades so infrequently. I forgot <laughs> what the crusade was. I forgot we have old art round. It's like no. it's like we used to juggle flaming swords, then we moved to chainsaws, and like yeah. we're going back to flaming swords. <laughs> oh god! What? What? I just just learned the chainsaws. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, good discussion, folks. I was particularly interested. I was talking with Pat before you all came aboard. I I knew that. Uh, Delvin was not a big fan of Burns Spider-Man chapter one when that came out. And this, I think came out around the same time. So I was kind of wondering what Delvin was going to think about this attempt to do some retro rewind storytelling with the original X-Men crew. Maybe. And I'm assuming there's going to be a round two on this, Jason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, there's no round two. No round no, two. See, Delvin, we're doing an original L box. You yeah. can't we're do art in the first round. <laughs> it's not in the oh, script, man. I don't uh, see a round two. No, we can have fun. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Well, I'll just simply add it's like, first of all, I, I want to state that, and this is no duh, that John Byrne is a legend. So I'm not overly besmirching the name of this legend, but I think that John Byrne had to be getting close to burnout at this point. And the reason why I'm saying that is because he put too much on his dang plate. Did he not? It's a it's a team. That would be like the equivalent of like, you remember how we used to do Long Boss Crusade and then Pat used to come on and then he used to have to do the cleanups and the edits and everything. And after about six weeks, he was losing his hair. Like, I mean, it's it was the same thing as it, it grew back. It was, it was, it was only a temporary <laughs> thing. Pat, Pat, it grew back. But when you look at like a John Byrne book at this time, like he was doing pencils, he was doing inks, he was doing covers, he was writing the book. He clearly was editing the book. And it was just like, and you could tell because like by the time it got like six or seven or eight issues in, like the pencils started getting a little bit more sketchy. And like the writing got a little bit lazy here and there just to get from point A to point B. I'm fully willing to accept. I mean, it's issue one. So there's some things that you're introducing. There's some things that you kind of hint at. And it and looks like they're hinting at like Professor X may not be 100 percent because really he comes across like a mob boss. Like you didn't verify the body was dead of our enemies. 
TF? Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, that, that, that does not sound like Professor X at all. That, that sounds like Tony Soprano or something. So, but it, it's possible that that was a part of the, the whole plot point of the book. So, and maybe uh, Jason, who's read the book, would know. Yeah, like I just think that was where Byrne was at this time, even though I don't know the man. It just, there's just something about how he just did things at this point. It's almost like they gave him too much creative power and it wound up backfiring on him. Yeah, I, I want to riff on that real quick, actually. You're absolutely right, Delvin. By the time we got to the late 90s, he was doing everything on every project. And it was one of those things where, like, it feels like he finally got uh, he got to that icon status. And he can, like, I can do, I can have full control. And then that's the day you realize that full control doesn't always <laughs> mean best product. And But I will, going back to Jason's question, almost comparing this to Chapter 1, I will say this is clearly winning. Because Chapter 1 was a, a complete retell. And this is like additional story. So I'm giving them a lot more leeway there. If you're going to retell the origin of Spider-Man, I'm going to be watching close to see, you know, what bold moves you make like a ponytail on Uncle Ben, right? <laughs> but here I'm going to give them a lot more leeway because it's additional content between the pages, if you will. So that's my summary. I'm not be quiet. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's why I kind of like this because it's, like I said, it's those years in between or those issues in between that we're filling in some subs- substance here. So I can see where you're coming from, which is really interesting being the type of person you are for the X-Men. So not a lot of mind fights going on in this as well either. No, no, no mind fights so far. We got the ghost. Why is he a ghost? I, I don't I know. <laughs> and Gene's dead, guys. That's it. That's it. For yeah, man. we all know. <laughs> Game over, man. Again. Gene died again (laughs) like Lloyd Christmas falling off the jetway again (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that good dialogue talking about the story everybody let's talk about the art and I you know spoiler I'm gonna let Jared go last as the as our resident anchor person here for as our expert artist we'll let Pat go first this time and Tell us what oh. he thinks of the art. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked because I didn't really get much to have much to say uh, about that during the first round. So <laughs> let me gush a little bit more about it right now. John Burns' art is just really nice here. As I said before, it's good to see him really do something different with his styling compared to the original stuff that we've been going through. So I, I really liked it. And I thought it added some more character and storytelling. To this agreed agreed delvin what do you think good for burn good i will just continue to harp on i think that his pencils his pencils are always amazing i just i don't think he is his best anchor i think austin is his best anchor mm-hmm. to where austin can just draw some stuff out of his pencils and just bring it to life almost and then i just did a very quick look through the book and now again i want to stress it was not bad by any means I just don't think that Byrne is his best anchor. I think that Austin is. Uh, maybe uh, a couple of other people. Maybe Palmer. Palmer would have been a good anchor uh, as well. Like just he he needed he needed some help. But this clearly was a vanity project. One more thing. You see that at the start of the book, they kind of hinted at the Hulk. This was right around the time that he was writing on the Hulk as well. So they had John Byrne doing everything at Marvel at the time. That's interesting. I didn't put that together. Maybe that's why they started it at that point to to give his art on the Hulk a little bit of a shine. You know, I'll just say that 
I agree with you, Delvin. I, I didn't quite put it together, but there was just something about the art in this that looked not quite up to the original Uncanny X-Men art. But that's why I wanted Jared to go last, because I, I have a feeling he'll be able to put a little bit more of a technical shine to what we're picking up. So, Jared, take it away. All right. Well, I just did a little looking. Apparently, Tom Palmer did ink this book. So there's that. But I think what we're seeing here is, well, hey, Terry Austin's the best inker for four John Byrne. I mean, Palmer's great. But what I think we're seeing here is 40 pages. And I think what we're seeing out of Byrne in this later, late 90s, early 2000s, when he does work, you know, Delvin mentioned it earlier, that his art, it's clearly still very good, but it's just different. I think it's spread thin different. I think this is him going fast. I think this is him going really fast. And I think that's cool. I think that a, a guy with the caliber of John Byrne that can put out multiple books and one of them's 40 pages, for goodness sake, is impressive. It, it kind of makes him Herb Trimpey, right? Who we all love because Herb, Herb is fast and he's good. But Byrne spoiled us. <laughs> I'm not saying that Herb Trimpey is a demotion, but I guess if you're John Byrne, it is. <laughs> because he spoiled us with this high quality when he was able to focus on 16 to 22 pages on a book with his a number one inker on his side he spoiled us and then we got here and i remember about this time he and claremont teamed up again on justice league the two of them did a six or eight issue run on justice league for dc i mean the, they were doing all kinds of stuff and so this dude was just we're looking i think we're looking at fast burn and fast burn's still good spoiled us the burnout as we called it I somehow knew that the 40-page uh, uh, issue was going <laughs> to make its way back into the criticism. It's going to keep coming back in. Just keep, yeah, just keep bringing that up. Well, thanks for that discussion again, fellas. But it's time for us to pick our favorite page or pages. And, uh, I'll, you know, since Pat talked about the art, let's let him go first. Let's have him get the first pick. Oh, cool. I am going to pick the page where... After they get shot with the tranquilizers, Hank's still kind of up and running, and he just kind of smashes into, I guess, the tri the tribes people that come in and I want to say attack them, but that go after them. And he just kind of starts wailing away. And there's some good, it's like a good three to four panel page on that that I think was really done well for art. I take that page. I like that page a lot too. To keep with the Jim Carrey theme that I started, it's the three darts is too much. <laughs> <laughs> all right jared which page would you take oh man i'm gonna do a little bit of a cheat and do a double page spread and then fighting the hulk like at the very beginning <laughs> i mean come on it's really cool looking. i didn't think i was gonna get that one as the host i gotta go last so <laughs> <laughs> i was like i mean it's a lot it's it's very good it's it's all very good because it's burned but i guess you gotta go with the x-men fighting the hulk i mean that's just quality stuff right there. Although my honorable mention will be the when Professor X calls them all and like Beast is swinging in the window and angels fly in the room. And if uh, Marvel Girl loses another quarter inch off of that skirt, the rating on this comic book has to change because it's John Byrne. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but that may be someone else's, though. I, I shouldn't even bring it up. That's a cool page. But Hulk fight. Hulk fight. I've got to pass it over to Delvin. So I, I, I think I'm going to be stuck with this Hulk ad picture on the back. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. Really. It's really not. No, no, Adam, lots no. Of 
had a milk mustache. I was thumbing through uh, on the phone, looking at what page I thought was the coolest. And my uh, inner third or fourth grader looked and saw the picture of them descending upon the savage land and uh, the panorama and showing the dinosaurs. That was pretty. That was that was yeah. really, really cool seeing the pictures of the uh, dinosaurs like that. You knew he had like, they had to be like pulling out some encyclopedias somewhere and then <laughs> looking up pictures of those dinosaurs and drawing them because it was a fantastically drawn double page. That's true. I also liked it's not the one that I picked, but the one of the of Magneto's castle that they had with the dinosaurs flying around it in there near the end. That was really cool. Well, I think I'm going to pick the very first page of the original X-Men going into action there with Cyclops blasting the optic blast beast behind him, Gene telekinetically hurling the rocks, and then Angel cutting checks, I guess. I don't know what he's going to do. He did go rogue. I know we're done talking about the story, but he was like, remember when they got there? He's like, Angel, what are you doing? I'm doing what I do best. Like. Which is screwing things up <laughs> yeah, and not being helpful. Flying in the sky while the fight is on the ground, not contributing <laughs> in any way. Right. Oh, you just happen to leave out of the plane before it goes crashing down. Yeah. And don't for, you know, don't try to help your other friends out. Who's laughing about these wings now, a-holes? Since we're talking about Angel real quick, Burn draws a pretty angel. He does. Yeah. He does. He makes the man look so pretty. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, I I can't lie. I, I, I agree. Well, let's talk about memories, fellas. Memories like the corners of my mind. Delvin, what kind of memories do these evoke from you, sir? This was December 1999, and Jared and I were both very, very young second lieutenants in the United States Air Force. Uh, Jared was in North Carolina? Yeah. That is where I was assigned, but it wasn't where I physically was, but I'll reveal that momentarily. <laughs> okay. I, I, will, I will not spoil Jared's. And I, I was in California, Vandenberg Air Force Base, uh, and I think I was still... In undergrad space and missile training, USMT is uh, what they called it. And at the, the time, there was space command and then there was, um, there's missiles, the, like, and like, and most of the people were assigned from there to missile, uh, assignments, which let's just say not exactly cream of the crop, not exactly in the best places. Um, but so the ahead. places weren't cream of the crop, not the, not the people, because I, <laughs> I think that's a very important caveat here because I want the people that are in charge of the missiles to be cream of the crop. Mm, well, Uh-oh. I mean, pe- people in hell on ice water, Jason. Uh, Chola uh, asks, what year are we talking about? We're talking about 1999, uh, December 1999. It, so what happened in the USMT class, like a lot of times, like they did it rank based. So if there are 12 people in the class, the person who finished tops in the class is like, you get to choose your assignment. And if there were like, say, two space assignments and 10 missile assignments, then like that number one guy was like, I'm going space. Screw you guys. I'm going to space. So the guys in Mystical Man were like, well, this sucks. We want to get some of the best and brightest. You can't just send us all your dummies that finished like last in the class or whatever. That's not fair. So right around the time I started, they switched it up. And so out of a class of about 12 people, there were 10 missile assignments handed out. There were two space assignments handed out. And the two missile assignments, excuse me, the two space assignments went to the people who had the last names of Worski and Williams. 
They did it alphabetically. It has nothing. <laughs> was this coincidence or is this, this is this is stuff the army would do, Delvin? I would think this is this is stuff that the Air Force did. I, I got to space assignment and it had nothing to do based off of merits because I did not finish first in that class. <laughs> so the yeah, apple goes um, not far from Uncle Sam's tree, I guess. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got right. a question. I got a question for Delvin. Go for Since it. you were there and you, you talked about the missiles. How would they move the missiles from one place to another during this time? What would they know. use? Or, or is this a joke? That's um, You got joke face. What would Jared? they use, Pat? Since it's December, they would be using mistletoe. <laughs> there we go. I saw it. Like, I know Pat well enough that he had joke face. He's like, I got something I wanted to get out. <laughs> Jared doesn't want to laugh, but he's kind of laughing. So there, And Jason laughed, so. It was a successful attempt. I just don't know why I didn't save that for, for our Crusademus. I think it may have been a joke that was used at Crusademus <laughs> one time, too. So that's why it came to me. Oh. You know, it's the cycle of bits. Good point, Chola. Shouldn't ask Delvin about anything about transportation. Pat, what memories do you have from 1999? Boy, this is, yeah, December 1999. It's, you know, it's a number. Another summer. Get down. Sound of the funky drummer. Make you want to have so brothers and sisters. You're you're about a decade off, Pat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, and yeah. and you're 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 dangerously treading into my territory <laughs> of breaking out in the song. Yeah, you you know. But but speaking about this, does bring you back to the song because 1999, I am working, and I'm also this is the height of my DJ years, so I having a lot of fun DJing every Friday, Saturday night at the club that I was in, and you know this is December, so. We're getting close to the New Year's Eve, and of course, I want to go back. The biggest song that's being played at that time, perhaps maybe as New Year's is coming, mm-hmm. could perhaps, yeah, I figured that might perk up your ears, you know, the, mm-hmm. tonight we're going to party like it's what? 1990, the last few years, the last year of the 1999, so very cool. And I have a lot of, a lot of fun mem- memories like that of happening, and um, just, boy, the start of fatherhood as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I can pick it up from there because I remember December 1999, I was deployed to Kuwait for Operation Desert Fox, where we uh, punished Saddam Hussein's regime with some missile strikes for violation uh, of the agreement with the weapons inspectors and kicked out the weapons inspectors. So we were there over Christmas. I got home, and uh, soon after that, my son was born. So it was a photo finish. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. So there was that. Good times. Well, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. You didn't get to Jared. You you missed your brother. Oh, I did? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Jared, what were you doing in 1999? Well, I think I got confused because you guys were going back and forth about (laughs) the second lieutenants, and I lost track there. Go for it. You were second lieutenant, Jared Albrecht. It you a, were stationed officially in North Carolina, but yeah. you were? I was at uh, Biloxi, Mississippi at Keesler Air Force Base for communications officer training. And it was a very auspicious time for the Long Box Crusade because that is where I met and became friends with Joe November. Oh. So, yeah, this was right about the time me and Joe became very, very good friends and still friends to this day and he contributes music to all the shows you hear on the network so i was excited when i saw this i was like oh this is when me and joe started hanging out so yep 
this is that. So uh, it's weird how 24 years ago, if my math is right, we're not an action film face-off, but that event carries over to the Longbox Crusade to this day. And that makes me smile. I guess you know karma and you love it. And I, I, love, I love it. it. <laughs> nothing of it. There's nothing above well, this, it. This is an auspicious, auspicious event. Yes. Wow. Okay. Tie with this issue to Longbox history. Well, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. Got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. You can call us and leave us a voicemail that we just might play on the show. You can leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That's 707-532-LBOX. Pick up the phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's like, that was like Inspector Gadget. That was my Inspector Gadget bad guy voice. It was terrifying. <laughs> All right. We will be right back. We got it all together for a brand new show. The LBC crew is here and so away we go. While the LBC crew is running from a spooky ghost, Christatos is doing what he does the most. Hey, come on, get involved till the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. Oh, <laughs> Hey, come on, get involved to the mystery is solved. Hang around with the LBC crew. That's the podcast. LBC crew. Welcome back from the break. Let's continue with the show. Now it's time to scan through this featured issue of X-Men The Hidden Years number one for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Add It Up. Well, here are the ads that stood out for us in this issue. And we'll go ahead and start with Jared. Well, sir, I'm going to go to the Toys R Us ad for Marvel Model Kits. Because I picked up a few of these back in the day. They, they're they advertising for the Spider-Man, the Cap one, the Venom, and the Wolverine. I had Spidey, Cap, and Hulk. And I built all three of those. And uh, they're really cool. So I bought one, the Spider-Man one, for Delvin because I knew he was a fan. And I thought, you know, certainly... Sometime between now and 24 years from now, Delvin will probably uh, put that together. And that's uh, all the time we got, folks. Uh, <laughs> every time I go visit him, it's still in the box. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Delvin, while everybody else talks about their favorite ad, I'll look up on eBay and see if that model that you still have sealed is worth anything. <laughs> is this that's one what I'm doing? I was, I was preserving it because it was gonna, it's going to be worth money. Mm. Collector's item. That spider collector's item. item. Yep. Did it get hot in here? Is it me? <laughs> That's it. We're all helping Delvin build it at Heroes Con. We should bring it to Heroes Con, Delvin. Or actually, we'll just keep it in your house. We'll put it together at your house. It will come to you. <laughs> I got this all figured out. Plans coming together. All right, Delvin. We're all picking on you. You go ahead and pick out an ad. I picked out an ad, and I think Pat's going to shift to it. I had to do it just because it was fun. Uh, it was the 
WCW tough talking wrestlers. And it had some cool technology, I guess, of if like one wrestler were in the vicinity of the other, it recognized that wrestler and would speak up and say that wrestler's name. And on the ad they have going from left to right, you have Sting, who's an icon. You have Goldberg, also an icon. You have Kevin Nash, also an icon. And you have Diamond Dallas Page who would probably be the least familiar out of the four if you're just a casual wrestling uh, watcher. But he is a legend in his own right, too. And he also um, does some rehabilitation stuff now where, like, uh, he's big into yoga and stuff. So he's helped, like, turn some former wrestler's life around from alcoholism and everything. He's, like, a really good dude. So, yeah, I just thought that it was really fun. And WCW at the time, boy, like they were they're right at their crest and starting to wane just a little bit before WWE uh, took them over. But this was just some fun stuff that I just wanted to I saw it and wanted to talk about. Ten dollars, by the way, that's what that model's worth. Mm. <laughs> hmm. All right, Jared, what's your. Oh, no, Jared, you already went. Pat, we need you. are the models. Jason. You're the models. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just found one guy who got twenty dollars. So ten to twenty. Still boxed and, and packaged up. Or? Yeah, between Jason's comics of Hidden Years and Delvin the Model. Could have up to $80, people. Yeah, 80 bucks, man. Very cool. Oh, all right, Pat, show us what you got. There wasn't, I want to say, a lot of stuff. There was a lot of ads for conventions and subscriptions and things like that going on. So I'm going to pick one just because it's something I like. And I, I want to have some fun with it. So I'm going to go with the Pokemon. It's the first movie of Pokemon at this time. I wasn't saying I was into the cartoon at the time, but the, but the game trying to get into it. And it's being a video game guy. It's a game series I want to go ahead and go back to and play through, which would kind of roll into something that I want to do. You know, backlog of my video games I want to get through, and, and Pokemon is one of them. And I started to watch some of the Pokemon animated cartoon series as well. So, yeah, fun. You got to catch them all and have some fun with these. So, very nostalgic. There's a lot of movies that have come out after this for them, and it's a company that is still continuing to grow and grow and grow. So, I remember going to see this movie because Grant was about four years old at the time and was big <laughs> into Pokemon. So, we had to. Take him to that to that movie and movie? Oh. to the theaters in it. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what Pokemon was. So I was like, what, is, like, what are I'm we going to sit here, eat my popcorn, and just have some fun? Well, Grant was having a good time. That's all that mattered. Yeah. Well, there you go. Great memory. All right, and for me, you're going to bring those models up one more time because yeah, Jared, you got me that Wolverine one. You may not remember, but uh, yeah, that was fun putting that together. And uh, so oh, I put looking, it together. That's cool. I did. Yes, I did put it together. Yeah, it was a gift. Of course I put it together. I think I left the iron on. (laughs) People still iron stuff. I'm really liking that Spider-Man one. That looks really cool. And the Captain America punching out the Red Skull. You can probably buy that one from uh, Delvin for 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) You you got the Spider-Man one? That's what Jared said, right? You got Spider-Man? Yeah, well, yeah, break it out. I'll give you 20 bucks so I can get there, and we'll, I'll put that together. It'll be in your slightly warmer-than-normal room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair enough, fair enough. 
All right, folks, do you have a comment on this? Let us know. Email contact at longboxcrusade.com or comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. Now let's continue on, and we're going to go into our next segment, which we like to call Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? December 1999. Got it. Pat, why don't you kick us off with some historical news that stood out to you? All right. Well, I will take one from December 8th, the 10th Billboard Music Awards, Awards, Britney Spears, Backstreet Boys, because they're back, and Creed all win. Woo! Oh, Creed was pretty good. No. Creed was pretty good. I know. I like me some Creed. Mm-hmm. I did, too, in all seriousness. My own prayers are <laughs> so, so Creed... Creed came away a big winner at the Billboard Music Awards. Mm-hmm. And I just heard the news today. <laughs> hey. I like where you're going with that. I get that joke. I get that <laughs> reference, Jared. All right, Delvin, why don't you pick one out here? Let's see. On December 7th, the RIAA files a lawsuit against the Napster file sharing client on charges of copyright infringement. And I believe I speak on behalf of us all when I go, (laughs) no fun, boo. All right, Jared. On December the 3rd, NASA loses radio contact with the Mars polar lander moments before the spacecraft enters the Martian atmosphere. I don't know if they ever reestablished it. Or everything I know from there on in, I learned from the movie Total Recall. That's mm-hmm. all I got. Pretty much. Get you mm-hmm. out of the Mars. So I don't know. There might be a polar lander just rolling around all by itself doing whatever it wants on Mars for all we know. We'll stick with the NASA theme there, Jared. December 18th, NASA launches into orbit the Terra platform carrying five Earth observation instruments, including Aster, Ceres, Miser, Modus, and Mopit, which stands for something, something, something. Something and something else. I like GI Joe vehicles. The mopit coming with. Hey, the, we the have this pit, pit, but maybe you want some mopit. <laughs> and here are the top three movies for December 1999. Jared, start us off with number three. Number three is the talented Mr. Ripley, which is a thriller suspense film, which made about 128 million dollars. I did see. I didn't see it in '99. Saw it a few years later. It came out on DVD. Have Matt Damon and Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow. Dylan, number two. Number two is The Green Mile. It was a drama. What had Tom Hanks in it? Had um. Oh my God, my my deceased big brother. What's his name? Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, and it made two hundred ninety million dollars. Very popular movie. It was a good one. It was a sad one. It was incredible. Yeah. Coming in at number one, this made a lot of money, around $298 million. I mean, that is not little at all, especially for the movie Stuart Little. It's a lot of cheese, Pat. Yes. Ain't no mousing around with that one, I'll tell you that. Is he he a mouse? I don't know. (laughs) Yes, he was a mouse, voiced by Michael J. Fox. That is true. He was voiced by Michael J. Fox. It made a road dent. In the box office. Oh, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 
Now, this is where I got to turn it over to you folks, because it's the top three songs according to Billboard at this time. All right. Coming in at number three is a song by Mark Anthony, and it is I Need to Know. I Need to Know. I, I don't know it. I, I tell it, me, baby girl, because I need to know. I need to okay, know. Okay, I got it now. I, 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 mean, I, I was just like a Tom Petty, I need to know. That's the one that sticks in my head. I'm surprised being a DJ, Pat. It was a very fun. <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I, I do remember it. I do remember it. It just didn't come to me at that time. Starts with that violin. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, good Mark song. It was good. He had some good songs back then. Yeah, I don't hear enough of it in my house. <laughs> Jared, you're up, man. All right. Well, even though I have the number two song, we're going to bring it back to one. This is Brian McKnight. The song is back at one. Just something about two, making a dream come true. Three. Is it plain to see some tea that you're the only <laughs> one for me? Yeah. Four. four. <laughs> one, two, three. I don't know some of it. Yeah. yeah. It, and it starts back at one. I remember that part. <laughs> Brian McKnight, man, he was great um, on uh, when he was driving Kit around. Mm, yeah, that was Michael. Even Hasselhoff played him, I think. Michael Knight. Ah. No, wait, he was the basketball coach. <laughs> wait, that's no. Bobby. Bob, Bob, Bobby Knight. I thought he was the chess player. It's Bobby Fisher. Bobby Fisher. <laughs> oh, no, no. I thought he was the Avenger of the Night. And we're done. Okay, who's the Avenger of the Night? The Dark Knight, Batman. But we'd move to Fisher. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Can't go back. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. We can't go back. What are, talking, what are you talking about? We can always go back. You know, with our, what was that, Pat? I said, wait a minute. We can't go back to one? Oh, boy. So, <laughs> we can go back to one. Oh, look at that transition. Hey, all. We can go back to one with the number one song of December 1999. It was being sung at karaoke everywhere to include the Red Fox 2 at Lumpolk, California. It is smooth. By Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas. Smooth just like the ocean under oh. the moon. I know that one. <laughs> I know that one. Get on you. Got the kind of loving that can be so smooth. Yeah. Give me your heart. Make it Maybe real. Or else There we go. We, 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 got, we, got, got, we got Jason on, on, on the number one song. Uh, man, you had a, a great guitar player. With the Carlos Santana, a legendary, yeah, guitar yeah, legendary, player. yeah, and uh, you know Rob Thomas, man, great vocals, mm. super song. Man, they're coming out with an album soon again. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, they That's they uh, reformed. I'm very happy about that. Oh, I, I I like Matchbox Twenty yeah. a whole lot. Oh yeah, Whew. they were yeah. smooth. You know, they were so smooth. They were smooth. smooth. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. There it is. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this part of the show. Got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on Twitter at longboxcrusade. And we will be right back. Hey, Jared, I have this idea for a new show for the network. Uh, Yeah, yeah, um, what is it? You know how I liked the 1990s comic book series, The New Warriors? Yeah, yes, yes, mm-hmm, yep. And, and you know how at the Long Boss Crusade we're trying to get the YouTube channel going? Uh, yes, also, yes, also correct. Well, thanks. So, how about you and me do a live stream show about the New Warriors? 
you've never read the books before and I have them. And so that's a great setup. We could give it a catchy name like Come Out to Play. Don't you think that's the greatest idea? Sure, 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 Delvin. That's a great idea. Um, just one question. Yeah. Why do you have me dangling off this ledge, holding me by only one arm? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you'll get it soon. I hope. Come out to play. A new Warriors podcast comes to you live on YouTube every second Tuesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Longbox Crusade channel. If you can't watch it there, we replay them on the Longbox Crusade Network podcast feed available anywhere podcasts can be found. We invite you to come along for the ride. Or in other words, new Warriors come out to play. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments. A special shout out to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine show content, and so much all the access, y'all. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Woof. Oh. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins. Battlewagon. Ezra Gallo. Gary Viola. Gene Hendricks. Jason King. Jerry Green. Jason Lady. Jeremy L. Jim Meal. Jim Charman. Sung to this tune smooth up in you? Yes. <laughs> nice. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Josh Strickland. Candace Ward. Captivating Kathy Bright. MVP. Mark Ross. Matt and Lissy Poiso. Does that count as two or one, Jared? Uh, October? Thank you. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. P.D. Devins. Paul Hicks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Spidey 67. Spreadsheet. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Tony Pennington and Toronto Cop. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, we're grandfathered in. None of that $3 a month stuff. You'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at LBC headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. Even if you just want to keep it short with just our ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show. We will share your review on the next show. And now we will talk about social media shares and retweets from Longbox Crusade episode 38, where we covered Brave and the Bold, number 12, from June 2008 as a part of the JL May 2023 crossover podcast event. Do, 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 do. Pat, start us off. JL May, do, 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 do. 
Okay. Oh, Outcasters podcast. Laurel Mountainflower. She must have been. Was she in her office when? You know, I, I as know. long as she shows up, I let her go on the socials. Okay, that makes sense. The Right On Network. So you're saying you never let her on the socials? Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> waiting, waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast. Diablo Frank. Devin R. Bruce. Long box review. The Daily Rios. The Bat Pod. The Irredeemable Shag. Chris Lydon. Justice Trek. Not to be confused and, with Trekker Talk, which is about Star Trek, just in case you didn't know. And Warlock Thanos Podcast. Not to be confused with Warlord Worlds, which is also about Star Trek. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> now we also had a social media comment. Uh, from M. Anthony Gerardo, Mr. Rico Suave. We hadn't heard from him in a long time. Right. Wow. Anyway, he says this was a darn good run. So thank you for that, M. Anthony Gerardo. And you can call us and leave a voicemail that we'll play on the show right here. Leave us a message at 707-532-5269. That is 707-532-LBOX. Let's get your boy. Yep. Mm, in reverse. And so thanks to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, longboxcrusade.com, where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Pat, Jared, and Delvin for joining me on this episode. Before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin, kick us off. You can find me on the internet. Twitter, D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Instagram, Delvin Ray. Pat? Well, Delvin, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared, where can you be found? I am at Yard Sale Artist. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and it's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my artwares at www.theyardsaleartist.com. Bring it home, Jason. You can find me lurking on Instagram at Jason Albrick. And if you want to interact with us via live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles, join us for our next episode of Doing a Live Stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, unless it's Mother's Day. And we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. And please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Long Box Crusade. If you've got a comment or questions, you can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Long Box Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Long Box Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to... Read
The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. I was all, I, I was kind of paranoid since I was hosting today, so I came on early and hung out with Pat for a little bit. I know two of the three songs from two cool guys hanging out mm-hmm. ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who 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 were who were not hanging out, Pat? <laughs> two chumps. Oh, chumps. <laughs> Just assumed. Just assumed. Of course. <laughs> if you're interested in that, you like coming to these live shows and, and you want more live recordings and you're not already Crusaders Club members, patreon.com slash longbox crusade. You can join us for as little as a dollar a month, which is pretty fancy. Because apparently I found out a uh, new Patreon accounts, the minimum is $3, but we're grandfathered in. So you can get in, in with us for a buck. We're not charging people three bucks a month. Three bucks a month are for the rich kids. <laughs> One buck. That's what. That's all we need. One buck gets you all the access? Well, I mean, you can get all the access for a buck. Yeah. Jared, Jared I, I was playing Homescapes and I wasn't listening. I, I hear that grandfathers get all the access now. <laughs> Yes. Let's just go. Oh. We'll just go with yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Easier that way. For the sake of time. <laughs> Jason said we were all mute and he was in charge. I heard Kenny Loggins. Dang your soul. 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 Roger, ready for flyby. It's a go for flyby goose. All right, when Pat's all done, we'll get going. Cover bird, plur- a cover. Bur- Send us an email at combat. Oh, combat! <laughs> He's talking about yeah. military stuff. Combat. Longboxcrusade.com. <laughs> we'll try that again. Add it up. Add it up. Add it up. Add, you gotta add it up. See what you got. You gotta add it up. Some things have to still happen. All right. That's the extended version. <laughs> All right. So hold on, sorry. So take me away. I'm not gonna lie. But you gotta promise me I'll be back in time. I was scrolling. I'm sorry. <laughs> Now let's roll into the top three movies for December 1999. And I'm excited about this one, fellas, because I know all three of these. Uh-oh. Like the most robotic. Am I supposed to say something here? You just wrap it up. Just say- oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. If I, part, uh, Jason's the uh, lead on part. this one. But, oh, he okay. did oh, the whole episode, man. Oh. Let him take a breather. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what am I supposed to say here? Oh, hey. Uh, uh, hey, <laughs> guys. Hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm glad I... Hey, why don't you guys come a little bit closer? Come a little bit closer into this. Get a little bit closer. A little bit more. And don't forget to hit the... That like mm. and subscribe down there, please. Go ahead. You see it? Go ahead, hit it. It's okay. That's right. We like it. Two, when you two more that. people join the Crusaders Club, Pat. We just need we, two more people. Gonna watch, uh, wow, wouldn't you want to please? If we only had two more people, 
The oven and chair would watch the Fantastic Four movie and tell you all about it. If you could just spare at one dollar a month for them to do that, it would make them so happy, and it make yourself happy too. Because you to know, this pennies a day, coffee. pennies a day, you get all the access. <laughs> I'm talking all the access for whatever you desire. You will get it in all the access, and then some. We've given this to Pat to close out. All right, yeah. Let's, and to remind everybody that we'll. <laughs> <laughs>